uh, today's date? Friday? 20, 21st? 22nd. 22nd. <laughs> Friday, October 22nd. Uh, the only reason I know that is because I did my crossword this morning <laughs> on TikTok. <laughs> and I say the date every time before. Anyway, we just finished uh, an improv show with Game Changer Improv. Um, it was at the Elcora Shrine in downtown Boise. I would say, say, fun, fun for the whole family, except for it was a little racy at moments. I mean, not terrible. It's Game Changer. Yes. <laughs> Game Changer shows are typically PG. And it was. It was still PG. It, it was, was PG. still PG. We but did, we did have some references tonight. Yes. We talked about roofies. <laughs> there was actually a girl that got roofied. Not terrible. once, but twice. Well, it wasn't twice two separate events it was like a double dose right um which is terrible that's terrible uh we had some murder happening um yeah there were some things but yeah but anyway it was a it was a fun show all around audience enjoyed it yeah so let's talk about how many people were in the audience i I would estimate about 50 55 yeah one two three four yeah, close to that, yeah. Okay. Six, 60 maybe, I don't know. 50-something. Okay. Um, big space. Big space, cool stage, nice lighting. They had sound system. I was hosting, and I had a microphone available for me, but I I think holding a handheld mic while you're hosting can be very unwieldy. Unwieldy. That's the right word, unwieldy. right? Unwieldy. Oh, I said it right the first time. Yes, you did. Um, I think... It's just a little much for my brain to also have to juggle that. Um, so I just talked loudly. I checked with the audience first to make sure they could hear me. And Yeah, the space wasn't so big that we needed microphones as long as we projected. Yeah, and even if it was full, I don't feel like we would have to. Although, I think improvisers, when they're unsure, often get quieter. And so I do think that could have happened to us if like the space had been filled but they had some hanging mics on the stage that i think would have picked up more we kind of played in front of them a little bit but but it can work i i like to push closer to the audience i know a lot of improvisers don't especially younger improvisers tend to play back right i like to play as close to the audience as i can and in this case that put me in front of the stage mics right well and also if you had played behind the stage mics and then where the audience was set, the first part, it's, you know, a couple steps up, four steps up stage. Mm-hmm. Um, you end up being like, I don't know, 12, 15 feet from the audience. And I just, that's a big gap for the energy yep. to fall into. Totally. But that being said, if the room had been filled, we probably would have had to do that just because we would have needed to use the stage mics. Right. So, but it, but it was good. But so at the same point, I project. I'm, I'm one of the louder improvisers, but that especially is, in this group. Yeah. Oh, totally. But also that is your theater background. Right. That's been yep. very drilled into you. Yes. Thank you, Mr. B. Yep. Um, so we played uh, Game Changer is a competitive. So we had two teams. Um, and they started the night off with... Two teams of four. Yeah. And... I was was the team captain on one team. Right. And I, with my host speech, it's kind of funny these days. I feel less and less like I'm reciting something and more and more like I'm just chatting with the audience, which on the one hand is really great. On the other hand, I feel like sometimes I can, 
I'm feeling, I don't think it really comes across this way, but I can feel just a little scattered because I'm trying to keep track of what I actually said. Right. Um, you make it more of a conversation, so you gotta, oh, right. did I actually tell them about this? Did I remember to say right. this part? So I get a little bit that way with them, but uh, I think it's fun. It sets up the give and take. Um, I really, when I'm hosting, I like that, you know, I like to move and be physical um, and be silly. I tend to tell anecdotes as I'm hosting, you know, bring in little pieces of stories. Like tonight I told the audience that Jared has, well, I told them my husband and to that point they didn't know that Jared and I were married. And I told them that my husband has done like callback jokes with our kids a lot. Like he'll say something and then they'll say, that's what she said. Tiger. I don't hardly even know her. Right. So we've done those kinds of things for a long time in our family and um, during the blind line suggestion, somebody said, that's what she said. And I laughed because it made me remember when a time when one of our toddlers learned that from Jared and they would say it about a lot of things. And it's just funny. And then he actually got it in blind line, which was perfect. Yeah, that was, I picked up that line. And in fact, it was the last line. It was the last line. I, I was searching the stage for it because it kind of blended into the tape, but I couldn't find it. And then he said it, the <laughs> audience just died. It fit the scene. It was said awesomely, and I had just told them that story, and then I told them that Jared was my husband, and then I brought his team back out. So, I mean, it was like one of those perfect moments. <laughs> yeah, where everybody knew, except for Jared didn't. Jared didn't yeah. know that I did that because it wasn't in the room, but it's one of those moments about improv that's like, man, how perfect can it get? You know, it's just all the dominoes lined up perfect. So, let's start at the top of the show and go through the games. Uh, fairly quickly. So we started with what you got. Um, we like to start games, especially game changer games, with a shorter um, intro game that gets the energy up, gets the audience involved. Yeah, two team, everybody play, all plays. Um, yep. So, you know, for this one, they picked what you got. Now, Jared and I didn't help make the game list. We had a commitment, so we were a little bit late getting there compared to when everybody else got there at call time. So they had already made the game list. They picked what you got, which is fine. And it's I a, love and what a, you got. It's a dance off game, essentially. So you come up with crazy dance moves like the sprinkler or the lawnmower, but, but based on those. the suggestion for, <laughs> from the audience, and then you throw it to the other team and then they make up one and you go back and forth until you can't make up one or you need to rotate or whatever. And so it can be a really great one. I think one of the biggest challenges with what you got is that you really need to make sure that one, after the person in the front, the initial giver gives it, that they are loud enough and clear enough in their dance moves and what they said that the rest of the team can pick it up because it's that unison. You, the person says it once and then the team does twice with them and there's some power in that and it's a group working together of something that was just made up and it's always fascinating and wonderful that way but if the dance move isn't really clear or they didn't talk loudly enough or they change the dance move from the first time to the second time and it doesn't happen in unison it's not quite as powerful so that's one thing and then the second thing is that you got to have you got to have strong dancing moves and it's not you don't have to be a dancer but you have to learn how to use your body so that not everything is just a lunge, well, if you're, move your arm, lunge, move if your you're, arm. If, you're, if your dance move that you're coming up with is called writing a check, I mean, writing a check is pretty small, you know? 
So if you actually do the motion of writing a check, there's not much going on there. So you gotta really over-exaggerate the movements. And I noticed tonight that that's one thing, one note that we can take back to the group is, don't just actually do the thing. Do it as if it were 10 Giant, times the size right. in order to exaggerate it. One, so that your teammates behind you can see it. And two, so that the, the audience can see it and appreciate the fact that this is a dance-off. Right. And I think one of the other things that I was just thinking about, and I don't... I mean, we've never even talked about that game. Not hardly with this group a little bit. But, um... The funny can happen in these kinds of games when you add something to it. So writing a check and then bursting into tears would be hilarious, right? And so because we all know that it can be painful to give money away. Right. So then somebody does that. They don't have to say writing a check and crying, writing a check and crying. You can just say writing a check, but add the crying to it, which is going to be funny to the audience. And I think that's something that we don't always think through. Um when we're playing this game, we get really literal. And I think yeah. finding ways to be a little less literal might actually help it. Yeah. And we, we, we rotated through the team once. So everybody got a turn and we went a fifth time. So that came back to me and the Karen, Karen, who was on the other team, the blue team. And, uh, Nicole switched it up a little bit. You got suggestions from the audience for two initials. Yeah, I had him do it by initial that time, which isn't something we've typically done. But I game. knew that Jared and Karen could handle that. And so, so I wanted to do it because I felt like it would change it up and give something new to the audience. I feel like with these games, they can get super repetitive if we're not upping the stakes a little bit. And at that point, I think we needed it. And yeah. so. Yeah, because after four, the audience is like, oh, we've seen this before. Because it does kind of get monotonous. Especially unless... if the dance moves are right simple and yeah. lunging. Yeah. So, <laughs> so upping it with the suggestion of the two initials gave Karen and I an opportunity to kind of um, showcase that little extra skill. And it gave some differentiation and vari variance to the, to the game. Yeah. And we found a spot. I mean, there was a spot where at that point, once I know something is getting to where it needs to end, I'm looking for... The next big laugh that I can call it on. And, and I was able to get that in there. And I don't want to do it right away if there's some clever coming. And I knew that Karen and Jared were able to to build it a little. So, I you know, I let a couple go. And then I was looking for that laugh. So, yeah. So, the second game that we played. So, um, after that first two-team game, we played um, uh, my team, Green, chose a game. And we played that as a team. Um, and that one was... We played Half-Life. So in Half-Life, we do a minute and a half scene or a 90-second scene, and then we cut it down to 45 seconds. Same scene, repeated, but we do it half the time. Yeah, and you can also do it start at one minute. And I decided to go with one and a half minutes because when it's a four-person team and you're trying to get all four people into a scene, give it a little bit more time to breathe. It allows usually two people to start. Someone enters, you know, midway and then someone else enters or can be doing Canadian crosses, which is really fun in this game because it's about the physicality. It's about the trying to be consistent with the repeats, but you're lessening the amount of time that you have. And that can be just very fun, especially for Canadian crosses. Right. And it's not just the words, it's the, it's the movements. Right. In fact, we started the scene kind of silently crossing the stage each other 
So I was walking past Sky one way, and he was walking past me, and we went back and paced back the other way before right. we even said anything. Yep. which then, is super fun. And we kind of set that up so that at the beginning, that almost started every scene and got quicker and quicker and quicker. Right, which works great. I think one of the hard, the hardest, there's two things that are really hard about this game. One is that it's hard to have an internal clock and know that, oh, we're running out of time. Like, we got to do this quicker. I think the second time you play it is the second time you replay that scene is actually usually the better because you cut all the stuff, you cut all the extra fat from the scene from the first time you did it. And you can usually get pretty close to halfway doing it just that way, but you got to go a little faster. And I think that's, that can be a hard thing for people to internally notice. So as, as a host, one of the things I will do is give them a halfway mark so that they can gauge, okay, how far are we into this scene? Have we hit the halfway point yet in our time frame to make sure that they're staying on? Yeah. We had a little bit of struggle with uh, our third and fourth player not coming in quick enough, which it just delays that scene. It makes it very hard to replay it. Yeah. And so it, It's hard to know. The, the, the scene was... Not the best. Not the best. Let's just say it like it is. It wasn't the best scene. But that's okay in Half-Life because it's kind of a gimmick for the scene where you just cut it and cut it until it gets really frantic. Um, I think the things that could have helped the scene were to keep it simpler. Mm -hmm. um, we started out, the suggestion was X. And we started out with me saying I can't get back with her and talking to another person. But then it ended Sky, up being like his stepdaughter. Ex, yeah, X father-in-law, stepfather-in-law who wanted them to be together. So it just got, it got a little bit it looked, it got confusing. Yeah. So that's just keeping it simple, especially for these shorter scenes and that you're going to have to replay is one thing. Yeah. And, and this is one where at the, towards the end of the scene, there was mention of a roofie and, uh, <laughs> uh, not the best. And I might've set that up cause I asked for something to help calm down my ex cause she's a little crazy. So he pulled out pills and, and <laughs> I don't know why it couldn't have been Valium, honey. Sure. Yeah. yeah. No, totally. <laughs> you could have made it Valium. I could have. Yeah, that's true. Cause I call it roofies. I was the first one to well, say that. Cause you said, I'm not going to roofie her. Yeah. And that was what brought it in. Oh yeah. And it I, didn't knock the pills out of his Right. Hand. Anyway. But then that started a whole new train. I think, I think one of the things with this game that, that is difficult as you're trimming it down at some point, it's not about trying to say every single thing you said the first time you did it in a shorter amount of time period. It's about cutting down the number of things you say to the most important things to the scene and the things that that hit the funny bone of the audience. Right. And the other thing about that is that you have to, even when you're doing it in six seconds, everybody at that point, if you have four people, for example... You, each person has maybe one line that yeah. they can do, and you can't do them all at the same time. Nope. You gotta, you gotta strategically say, or just organically one, two, three, four, and just say your top line. Mm -hmm. Do the major actions, and that has to be it. Otherwise, it's just people screaming over each other. The audience doesn't hear it, doesn't understand it, and they just see a bunch of frantic, it's weird chaos. People. Yeah, and. It's and the energy is high, and so they kind of are laughing, but I think the real magic of it is in keeping it, taking it to simple. I think, I was just telling Jared that I think sometimes as improvisers, we need to remember that whole 
kiss thing of keeping it simple, stupid, right? Mm-hmm. Because you just, the simpler you can make it, um, it's actually going to be more magical, I think. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. The audience follows it easier. So they're more invested. And then, yeah. They, Especially they as magic. you get to the end of Half-Life. And yeah. Half-Life can be super fun. It can also be played both teams where we call it countdown and one team does it and then the other team is the first replay and then replay, replay. And they go back and forth as the time is shrinking down. So it, yeah. it's a fun game to do. Um, yeah. I mean, it worked. The audience liked it and it's fine. And, but I know that none of the improvisers felt super great about that scene after it was finished. Yeah. So, um, that was our game. And then the green team or the, the blue team played, what was their first game? Uh, their first game was revolver revolver. Uh, so revolver is a game where there's, uh, it's basically like four, four, not four square square. Yeah. It's a square. Four corners. Four corners. Yeah, you can. Other people call it four corners. Essentially, it's two people at the front, um, and then you rotate. And they get a suggestion. Yep. You rotate to the right. The whole group switches, and then it's two new. Well, it's one of the same people and a new person. They yep. get a suggestion, then they rotate. That and so you end so you up have four scenes. Yeah, four scenes. Sometimes people will play it with a a volunteer in the middle who will then be a part of all four of those scenes. Uh, call it Pretty Pretty Princess or something like that. And then every time you rotate back to a scene, it has le- leapt forward in time. It could be a couple of minutes later or it could be a couple of years later. It's just up to the improvisers to see how far they want to take that into the future. Yeah. Um, and the the host is rotating. We generally will rotate right and then eventually use the gimmick without forewarning the audience that we're going to rotate left and it's kind of fun and you yeah. know, it can mix up. It mixes up for the improvisers can change the energy a little if we need it. Um, this one, when I, I, I feel like you let it, uh, this game go a little bit longer, um, because we, we like to call games on the laugh on that big laugh. Mm-hmm. And after, you know, after three to four minutes, at that point, you know, okay, this game is over. Now I just need to wait for a big laugh to actually call it. But there, there wasn't big laughs. And happening. it's sometimes it's not always, it's not necessarily even the big laugh, but it's something that can be that button mm-hmm. to, it could also just be something really clever or, or something. I mean, the laugh is the best, but there's, there's options. Um, one of the things that I love about this game is that you can put the game within the game. So if a scene is, progressing like for instance one scene was about um a a girl who's asking a boy out to a dance and then the next scene was about she was married to him and pregnant and then the next scene was he was he was pregnant and so like it was moving forward in time and it was always about how he his mom was so much a part of his life but it was the two of them dealing with that fact um another one was about some two girls trying to get into uh, their mom's or their grandma's last jar of pickles. Grandma it implied that she had died and this was going to be the very last jar of pickles. And so how hard is it to get it open? And they, you know, they had the necessary reason why they were trying to get it open. They had the urgency. Um, and that is a game that I wish had never ended. I wanted to see them try everything under the sun and that jar never opened. Yeah. Um, they eventually did get it broken open and then they were dealing with pickles that had glass in it. But, um, but I think when you can find those games within the game, it's the thing that 
that the audience loves and as a host I desperately want as I'm rotating. But I will admit that as an improviser can feel overwhelming because sometimes you don't know how to up the stake one more time. Right. On that game. Yeah. But I feel like if it happens twice... You you got to take it at least to you, a third. You got to go one more, yeah, at, at least, least one more. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, and th- and that's just something I think that comes with time and 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 performing and, and feeling and well, and the realizing. teamwork of the two people too. Yeah. Um, yeah. You had another game that we that was played recently, and I had been watching that from the audience, and I was like, oh, Jer, I wish that you guys had let that ride one more time and kept up on the idea of, it was like he came out in a scary costume and it upset his wife. And I would have loved to have seen just every scary it was like Jason the first time or something like that. Yeah. And then like to keep with that theme every time that he's finally trying to trade costumes but it's always freaking her out. And then even have him come out as something that's not as scary but still scared her i mean would have just been a very fun game within a game so from from the audience those are easier to see well yeah that's from the that's from last episode yeah we'll talk about before that Mm -hmm. um about that show yeah um yeah and then uh, after that game again i thought it went long you thought it went long just because we need a button on it. But we, we found it, we and found it was it. good. It was a great one. Yeah. We moved into our things round. Things round. And for this, we played six things. So six things is, it's a classic guessing game. Five things is what they play at a lot of places. Six things allows both teams to have three replacements. Yep. We changed recently where they get a point for every right answer, even the replacements. So um, it works like this. You get, uh, each team gets three activities. So there's six activities and then um, usually two replacements each. Mm-hmm. And and so it's it's simple, but like for instance, it could be football, but instead of a helmet, it's a cat on your head, and instead of a football, you're throwing a beetle, like a VW bug, right? And so you replace things that could not be what they're replacing, and you do that so each team has three activities and then um they have to give to their teams that to the guessers have not been in the room for all the suggestions yep they don't know so they haven't heard them they come back in and the teams are giving them these clues in mime and gibberish they have one minute for each activity uh so like charades yeah with gibberish added right and i will say like as a host I want them to do it in under a minute, but if I can see that they're close, sometimes I will let them give them just that finish because the reality is the audience wants to see them succeed or at least get to the point close enough, like close where they did succeed. Um, I don't like a show as much. Well, no, that's not true. I love it when it's perfect guessing. I've, I had a time when I played five things as a guesser where there were five things with three replacements each and we had five minutes four minutes minutes. for those five things and i guessed them all at the second we had a live clock going on stage for it was like a competition yeah 
and and she nailed it, it was right at the awesome. second and it was a perfect score like i don't know if i've ever been in a room that celebrated so much on a success for me yeah. on stage so so of course i like the perfect but it's nice for the audience to see that we don't cheat that it is hard and that we are getting there and and we had that tonight i think yeah um, no i thought this game went really well i uh, good energy. The audience was really into it when they could see people get it, and then, or when they didn't see people necessarily. Like the guessers, the audience couldn't see that they had gotten it on stage. But then when they were actually guessing, they they said they the right, right thing, and then the audience was like, "Oh my gosh, how did she? How did she how get did that? She because do that? it didn't look like she got it from what yeah. they had been doing." It's an amazing thing to see. And it's such a fun, fun game. One of the, so the givers are not allowed to do the activity. They have to get the other person to do the activity. And then they have to set it up well enough so that the person who's guessing knows what the replacements are going to be. And and by that, I mean that if, um, you know, if it's football, again, with my previous example, I'm not going to pay attention too much to the pads or the other team or the teammates or the whatever. The I need to make or... sure that they know that there was a helmet and a football because it's going to be easier yeah. for me to remove those items and replace it with something else later uh, if those things are in existence. So I'm going to focus yeah. on those. But the other stuff can can be there too if I need it. So we had some good stuff tonight. I thought I thought this game was great. Um, my team mistakenly did sync instead of Backstreet Boys. Um, I always think of Bye 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 you know, back, back, back. So I get the, the, the alliteration, uh, mixed up. Okay. So as the host, I saw them do bye, bye, bye. And I'm like, no, that was in sync, but we still had four seconds left. So we were able to say not in sync, but the other one, cause he guessed in sync. Yeah. He guessed it right. He did guess in sync. And then he was like, the only other one I know is backstreet boys. And, that was the right one. and it was right. So, was so they perfect. got it. And it was fun. The audience loved that. Um, I tried to do Ken without genitalia. And he guessed Michael Jackson, which is which is wonderfully <laughs> hilarious. Um, but it got stolen. The other person, yeah, knew she it was saw Barbie. the Barbie. She saw it was Barbie. Well, we had somebody yeah. else being Barbie, and she did a great job with it. So yeah. it was fun. We had a great one, and then we ended with a bonus. And the bonus is typically something that's a little bit more obscure, and sometimes has three replacements. Um, and then they have to guess, guess that. And it's an all or nothing. They either get the points cause they're given simultaneously. Both teams are doing it at the same time. And the guesser either gets all the points or they forfeit all the points to the other team. And, uh, it was tonight. Gigapet. So it was like raising a gigapet, <laughs> which is for those of you that don't know, it's a toy back from what? 15 years ago. Uh, more than, because I feel like it was when I was in high school. I mean... So, 25? Oh, that's... 20? I'm not that old. Just kidding. I'm totally that old. It's <laughs> <laughs> like 25 years ago. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it, it's that little toy. And how do you get somebody to guess that? I I, I was get, I was trying to get Travis to guess that activity tonight. And so, I tried to... I laid an egg on stage and then... Oh, the audience oh. loved this that, because I, I had no idea where I was going they with knew it. Like, how hard this thing was and they were impressed. Like they were watching people and I happened to be back by the guy who'd given that suggestion. And I mean, he and his group were dying. But here's the crazy thing. Once, once we fought through the challenges and Travis actually got it and realized what it was, his face lights up. Oh, and the audience sees that and they're like, 
oh my gosh. They just got that. They just got, he just understood what that is. Yeah. And it's magical to them. It was great fun. And then Karen was the other person and she guessed. She guessed it correctly. Um, she did get the thing right. She had one of the replacements wrong. Um, the oh, Red, Red Hat, Hat Society. Society. <laughs> Which oh is gosh. so funny. She guessed, um, which she was so embarrassed to guess this because it felt so awful, but they had put like an actual prop hat out that was a red hat, but it was kind of sombrero like it wasn't, it was more of a sun hat, but uh, she saw it as a sombrero. And so she was like, uh, <laughs> old, old Mexicans, M Mexican ladies. <laughs> oh, it was so funny. But the audience had a roaring good time with that game. So super fun and a yeah. great way to go into the half. Yeah, I think of the first half, that was the strongest one. For sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Don't give me 